Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Arrows Up podcast. We just finished watching the, the World Cup qualifiers for Europe, and we had four really good games. You had uh, a lot of tension, a lot of drama. These games are for the World Cup qualifier, as this is the playoff for them as these teams uh, are playing just for the opportunity to get in. They weren't able to qualify outright. They they had to, and then, you know, FIFA has this, this thing where they, they, they have a playoff and they get different regions. This was the European one. And obviously the two biggest surprises that were here was Italy and Portugal. And leading up to this game, what we had was a... A, uh, an expectation that next Tuesday we were going to get Portugal versus Italy. Winner goes to the World Cup. One of these two giants is, isn't going to make it. And we were just with that expectation. We turned on the games today, and that was the expectation. Portugal's going to win. Italy's going to win. We're going to have a great match next Tuesday, right? That's what we thought. That's what happened, right? No, not at all. So this is what went on. Portugal starts off in Portugal 2-0. The first two game, the first two um goals are scored in the first half immediately. Comfortable lead 2-0 Portugal. After that, after the the whole the the whole start, the 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 confidence is in Portugal's side, the momentum, the fans are going crazy, the games in Portugal. The game gets tight. And it just seems over and over again with this Portugal team. They have great players. They have great talent. Their players play in the top clubs in, in Europe. And sure, Portugal had a lot of, a lot of guys out today. Uh, a lot of their premier defensive guys were out today. But you, you, you look at their team, you're like, dude, these, these, guys, these guys should should have not been here. One, that, that should be said off the, from the beginning. They should have not been here. But two, these guys should have taken care of Turkey. But the game got tight. Turkey scored. And then Portugal just kind of like there was a penalty. There was a penalty and they missed it. Tur- Turkey missed it. The, the Turkish player just kicked it and skied it. And Portugal was alive and well up 2 1. They get the third one, they send them packing. All the while in Italy, right? We we are under the belief we're going to get Portugal versus Italy. These two giants going at it. One of these teams is not going to make it. Little Macedonia. Shout out to Macedonia. Congratulations to Macedonia, to their fans. Uh, they upset Italy. The four-time World Cup champions, the Euro champions, they upset them. Stoppage time, a stunning goal, really. And we have now in for a ticket to the World Cup, Portugal versus Macedonia, not Italy. Italy is out. They were eliminated at home. Now, if you're Italy, there was, you know, this was coming. Obviously, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, oh yeah, for sure. I thought. Macedonia was going to win. But if we look at this Italian team closely, 
yes, they win the Euros. And yes, it, it seemed like the, you know, it, it, Italian football was back. These guys are back. Uh, the, the, the embarrassment of not making the 2018 World Cup is far behind them. This is a new Italy. It's been restructured, the whole thing. But after that, the, quali- the, the, the qualifiers after the Euros, they, it just, they didn't look good. They weren't playing well. And there was this, this just like, if you watch them, you were like, man, I don't know about this team. Could it be possible that they missed the World Cup again? Again? And you just kept watching and, and, and you know, it, it, it comes to fruition here versus Macedonia. But it is it was such a, a monumental loss today because this sense, it, Italy, not only does it remove them from the World Cup, but there are certain teams, there are certain legacy teams that it is just not acceptable to miss one World Cup, let alone two back-to-back. Italian football needs to go into a complete rebuild uh, of of their system, from the coaching, from the players, all the way through. Because Italy has really good players. There's no reason why Italy at home should lose to Macedonia in a game that sends you to to the World Cup qualifier final. To make it to the World Cup, there's no way. There's no, there's no... There, there's no, there's nothing that can that, that that makes this loss okay if you're Italy. But the beauty of sports is that on paper we can read the rosters, we can read where these guys play, we can look at the pedigree on paper of these guys. Your Gino, who uh, some people were saying he should have won the Ballon d'Or, which um, it's most of those people are Italian <laughs> or or Chelsea fans. But the reality is, you look at this team with 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 Verratti, with with all these other guys, all these other guys on the Italian team that play for top clubs in Italy, uh, in England, in Spain. You you look at the these guys in, in France with PSG and Verratti and Donnarumma. You look at these guys and you just think like, man, like how do you not Get up for this game. Throughout the game, it was just Italy just was, there was no creativity. There was no, there was no uh, rush. There was no passion to to get a hold of this game. And one of the things that happens in, in football is the longer the game goes on and the longer you see a team linger especially inferior team if, if you're a superior team and you let an inferior team linger sooner or later it's going to come back to bite you and towards the end but we thought man portugal has secured their their goal they, they've secured the third one they're going to to tuesday's game i guess we're gonna have extra time in italy and macedonia strikes one zero Macedonia moves on to Tuesday. Italy is out. The other games, Gareth Bale. Uh, <laughs> if you're a Madridista, you, you just have to you, you look at Bale's performance, and it, it's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. Let me do the game, then I'll do my little rant on Bale. Wales wins 2-1 against Austria. Uh, I think Wales just wasn't in control the whole game. Uh, Austria had a little 
momentum shift and, and they, they they had the little moment but it just watching that game it just didn't seem like Wales was ever in in any trouble but Gareth Bale has two goals has a free kick that just was amazing it's just a beautiful goal if you haven't seen it I'm sure you'll find it on uh, social media Instagram Twitter uh, or TikTok I'm sure it'll be on there somewhere now Gareth Bale Gareth Bale is a world-class player. I want I want to get that out there. Gareth Bale from Tottenham and even in his beginning years with with uh, Real Madrid, the 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 creation of the BBC with Bale, Benzema, and Ronaldo, the, and or Cristiano because of the BBC. You you had the creation of of the of this man that. You you saw him on the pitch, and he was just ferocious. He was big. He was fast. He was strong. And he he just when he is right, you understand why Real Madrid made him the highest paid player when they got him. You understand why um, there was just this expectation. Why his agent said when Cristiano leaves, it's okay. Christian, uh, Christian, Gareth Bale is gonna is gonna take the mantle. He's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be the superstar at Real Madrid, and it didn't happen. You can see the frustration of of the Madridistas who see Christian Bale, and when Christian Bale is right, Christian, I, don't know, I keep calling him Christian Bale. When Gareth Bale is right, when Gareth Bale is right. You get a, a a player that is world class. There's certain players in the world, and Encante, I think, is like this. There's certain players in the world that you know. Bogba to me is like that too. There's certain players in the world that you look at them, and when they're at their best, you know logically in your in your brain, you know because you watch soccer, you watch the game, you watch football, you know who the greatest players are, you know who the best player is, the whole thing. But at least you, you have an opinion of who it is. And Bale will never would never be the, the best player in the world. Bogba, Kante, they, they're never the best players in the world. If you, if you start making a list, right, who's the best player in the world? But when those guys are at their best, when they are playing at their peak, you and you're watching them, it's one of those like, man, it's really, I know there's guys better than him. I, it's just really hard to imagine that there's a player better than him. And that's Chris, and that's Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is that player. Gareth Bale is the player. But when you look at him, when you study him, you're just like, dude, there, there is there is a guy better than you. And as a Madridista, I watch him just be a clown. I watch him um, put up injury after injury, some of them real, I guess. Uh, there was a report that he presented uh, the, the, the team with a 30,000 medical bill this week, and the team rejected it. You get a guy who, who doesn't make himself available for games, and, you know, Ramajid would have needed this bail. Uh, in El Clásico on Sunday, and then he goes to Wales, and he is, he he's it's like oh yeah, Gareth Bale is still Gareth Bale, so it's frustrating. He had an amazing game; he was good. 
And at the end, he was holding, <laughs> he, he, he was like holding a muscle, like if he got hurt, because of course, of course he is. Um, and so that, that's my little rant on Gareth Bale. He's a great player, not Christian Bale. I keep, I keep calling him Christian Bale. Christian Bale's great, uh, great actor. But Gareth Bale, that is my, that, that's my little rant on Gareth, uh, on Gareth Bale. Let's do some, let's do some World Cup qualifiers on this side of, of the world. We have today the big game, uh, Mexico versus the USA. Big game for both. Uh, this one, you know, the, the World Cup qualifiers for the CONCACAF, it's coming to an end. And this uh, next week would be, is going to be the final, the, the, the final game before you get into the table and before you get into um, the teams that are going to have to seek qualification through way of a playoff. And Mexico-USA today in a game where the USA has beat Mexico three straight times. That is well documented. This game is in El Azteca and, and as well is documented just how good Mexico is. But what's also kind of circulating and coming up is Mexico has just not been that great anywhere, but including El Estadio Azteca. It's not the scary place that it used to be. And this Mexi- and this USA player, the, these American players are not a, that afraid of going to El Estadio Azteca, considering some of these guys are playing in the top clubs in Europe, where they they see they see scary situations or they're in in hostile environments all the time now. But this is going to be such an amazing game that's going to be played out, important for both, but I think more so for Mexico because Mexico comes into this. Third place. They haven't looked good. They've been stumbling. Somehow there are 21 points tied with the USA in for second and third. The USA is second because that they have the, the goal difference of plus three over Mexico with a plus nine. USA is plus nine and Mexico is a plus six on the goal difference. But Mexico needs this game. They need this game not just for the obvious World Cup qualifier, but they need this game to kind of regain back this idea that the U.S. has right now, that they are dominating now, that they own Mexico. We got to get some things clear. In the last three games, Mexico has been the better side. I know the U.S. has won, and I know that's what we count. I know that's that, that's what's that's what's put out there, and I get it. The USA has won three straight, but if you're watching these games, they, like 90 minutes, you're actually watching the game, you understand what you're watching, you understand Mexico has been the better side. Mexico just does stupid things at stupid time at the wrong time that gets them beat. But Mexico has been the better team throughout this entire time, throughout, throughout it all. They've been the better side. And that's what's frustrating. That's what that's what me as a Mexican supporter, that's what gets me upset. Now, El Tata isn't going to be fired. As much as we want El Tata to be gone, he's not going to be fired. The World Cup is a few months from now. Even if he does get fired, you're not going to be able to bring in a guy who's going to be willing to coach this team, at least not a guy you want. Because this, the World Cup is in November. We're in March. It's just not going to happen. Chicharito's not going to come back to this team. It's just the way it is. Carlos Vela does want nothing to do. Uh, 
with Mexico, let alone soccer. I mean, he, he's good and he gets paid for it. He, 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 but he doesn't love soccer. And he said it multiple times. We have to understand. Mexico needs this to regain back the mental confidence when they play against the USA. They need to regain back the, their identity as the kings of the CONCACAF. Canada's playing great. Canada, by all counts, might is going to probably finish first. But Mexico has to regain back their mental edge versus the USA. And that starts today. Today is the game where Mexico needs to rise up and just take it to the USA without relenting. There can't be any stops. There can't be any, any moments of letting them have confidence. The U.S. lingers and lingers and lingers, and then, pow, they, they, they just punch you. And they're really good at that. But this has to be Mexico's game. On the other side, the USA comes in injured. They have a lot of guys that are going to be out. The USA has a lot of confidence, though, playing against Mexico, and that is sometimes... I don't want to say it's all you need, but sometimes it seems like it is all you need. So as we get into the game, and this game is going to be played at 7, my time, Pacific time, in here as I live here in L.A., the USA is in danger because just what a turn of events this could be. Let me read you the table. The table stands as, as follows. Canada with 25 points, uh, USA with 21 points, Mexico with 21 points, Panama with 17 points, and Costa Rica with 16 points. Those are the teams relatively still alive in this thing. Uh, El Salvador, nine, Jamaica, seven, and Honduras, three. They're they're out. They're they're not going to make it. The USA, in their next three games, they have Mexico today, they have Panama on Sunday, and next Wednesday, they have Costa Rica. Those are the next three games. I read them again: Mexico today, Panama on Sunday, Costa Rica on Wednesday. Now this is huge because the USA, Panama, and I'll tell you who Panama plays because Panama, Panama, Costa Rica are in. They have to. They have to win. They have to win out. And the USA, these next three games are going to be very tough games for them because these games are going to dictate whether they go to the World Cup or not. So it is for them, huge for them to get off to a great start today with a win. So this is what we have. Panama plays Honduras, which should be fairly easy for Honduras, for Panama to to, to get those three points, which would take them to 20. Okay? That'll get them to 20. And they're they're rooting for either Mexico or USA to lose, and now they will be within one point of that team. Costa Rica has it tough as they play Canada or Canada. (laughs) They play Canada. Costa Rica, and if you're Panama, and if you're Mexico, USA, you know, as a Mex- as as a Mexican fan, I'm rooting for Canada to to take out Costa Rica, beat them, and and kind of put them in the, in the danger zone where it becomes almost impossible for them to do anything. On when on Sunday, Mexico plays Honduras, 
USA plays Panama here in the USA. And Costa Rica plays El Salvador. And on Wednesday, Panama plays Canada. Mexico plays El Salvador. And Costa Rica plays the USA. So three tough games. The hardest one, obviously, the U.S. has because they're playing the three. They're playing Mexico, Costa Rica, and Panama. But Panama and Costa Rica both have to play USA and Canada. So this can get a lot. This is going to be a lot of fun, but it can get real scary if the U.S. doesn't take care of business, because there is a possibility the U.S. ends up like Italy, where they too don't make it to the World Cup. So the USA has to take care of business today. This is a, I know we use this a lot in sports, and and and, but it is a must win for the USA, and it is a must win for Mexico. Both teams have to win. Obviously, only one team could possibly win. But both teams have to go in this with a must-win mentality. Because a loss, and obviously Mexico has the easier, easier road after, after, after this game. And it is why I think Mexico has a mental obligation to win, to regain back the, the edge. But the U.S., has to win today to give themselves confidence heading into the next two because this is going to get tough for them. And so we'll see how it all plays out. We'll see how it all goes. Uh, I'm not going to give you a prediction. I'm not going to do that. I'm very, uh, I'm a little stitious like Michael Scott when it comes to that. So I'm not going to give you a prediction. I hope Mexico wins. I hope I'm celebrating. And if not, uh, I will be, a, I'll be tweeting away uh, my sad, uh, my sad thoughts on, on Twitter t- uh, today. And uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at uh, with international football. Let's do some football to close the pod. Some American football. We had uh, Deshaun Watson got traded. We had Tyreek Hill who got traded. And the NFL this offseason has been uh, just, they looked at the, at the NBA and they said, NBA, you think you have the best offseason? Hold my beer. And they kind of just went out, and it's been bonkers what's gone on in the NFL. And you still have guys like Stephon Gilmore, who has no team yet. Um, you have uh, Bobby Wagner, who has no team yet, although he want to go visit the Rams. So hopefully hopefully, he comes to San Francisco or gets the hell out of the NFC West. So here we go. This is, this is what we have. We have Tyreek Hill, who got moved. And I want to hit on this because it it happened yesterday. He got moved for such a big package. And it was such a big package that that moved Tyreek Hill. And when I saw the trade go down, I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the trade package that was sent for for Tyreek Hill. It was, let me read you what it was. So Tyreek Hill gets, gets traded. And he gets traded to Miami. And, the, and Miami gives up a tw- the this year's first round pick, a second round pick, a, uh, a fourth round pick, and as well as a fourth and a sixth round pick in in next year's draft. And they give Tyreek Hill 
a massive contract, four years, 120 million extension, including 72.2 million guaranteed. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of commitments, a lot of picks. And now you can, if you're a Dolphins fan, you say, well, we had a lot of draft picks, so we might as well use them, bring in a guy that we know is good. But I have a few questions. Are we sure? Are we sure Tyreek Hill is worth it at this stage of his career? Tyreek Hill, at this stage of his career, he is a short wide receiver who relies heavily, heavily on his speed. Tyreek Hill is, let me tell you how old he is. Tyreek Hill, you're giving up a lot, is 20 years old. So he's entering just a part of his career where he's going to lose, start losing a step or two. And I know the rules have changed. I know the game is not as physical, but for you to, I just don't like this idea that we're you're going to commit so much resources to a guy who is that is is built the way Tyreek Hill is built. Because as soon as Tyreek Hill loses a step, it's not like he can still be a, a, a red zone option. It's not like he's like six foot four, six foot three, where he's still going to be a possession receiver. This is a guy who's built an entire great career. He's, he's a nightmare on speed. But eventually speed just will, will, will fade away. And what you have left is, is, is the, physic, the physical. And I just would have not invested that much into a guy like Tyreek Hill. On the other side, you start to see what happens when, when the quarterback takes up a big chunk of your, of your cap. I know that Patrick Mahomes is a really good quarterback. I know that he he's arguably top five quarterback, top three. Some would have him top one. But this is what happens when your quarterback takes the majority of the cap space. Because it's what's going on in Green Bay as well. It's why Green Bay lost, had to get rid of Devontae Adams. Uh Although they couldn't afford him, but I think Devontae Adams was tired of the of the of the Aaron Rodgers drama. But it's why now you, you can't keep other guys. And it's why the Packers are gonna go into this season with Aaron Jones and I don't I mean Tanyan as as a as their two weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Yikes. Uh, and you know Marcus Valdez Scantling signed with the Chiefs today, and and so it's it's such a weird thing that happens because Tyreek Hill was trying to work out a deal with the Chiefs, and they said, "Well, no, find somewhere else." I like the move for the Chiefs because I, I I'm thinking of it long term. But also, if you're Miami, are we sure Tua is the guy that can take advantage of this? I, I, everyone just keeps saying, like, oh, they got Waddle and Tua and, and Mostert, fastest team in the league. Okay, well, Mostert, you can get him the ball from the backfield, but are we sure Tua is, is going to be consistent enough to be able to get the ball into those hands? Like, are, is, are they going to be able to take advantage of that speed? It's one thing to have speed, but if you can't take advantage of it, then why the hell do you want it? 
So that that's I don't like the trade. I like the trade for the Chiefs ultimately, but we'll see how it goes. I think if you're the Chiefs, you're trusting on the infrastructure, you're trusting on Mahomes over Hill, you're trusting on on Andy Reid, and you're trusting on Eric Bieniemy, and that's what you're trusting on. And uh, in the AFC, that's gotten just ridiculously better. Where it seems like every team kind of bolstered up. The AFC West is going to be a bloodbath, and that's going to be so much fun. It's going to be amazing for the geeks. I can't wait for the season to start because you're we're seeing these moves happen every single day. Um, and so yeah, so we'll be we'll be doing a Sunday pod on on Sunday, obviously. Of big NBA one, as as the playoffs are approaching, uh, the Celtics are really hot. The Lakers are really not, and that's uh, super frustrating. Um, and so we'll do a big NBA one and do a big uh, recap of of what happened in the Mexico USA game. Uh, I'll have that one up uh, on Sunday as well. In 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 recap of what happened in the USA game and what happened in Sunday's World Cup qualifier game, because we have a. Three three games of uh, just madness, and I love it. And also, there's on the other side of the of the Coleman Bowl as well. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on in sports, so it's it's good time. Baseball starts in two weeks, so we're excited for that. And uh, we'll have Harry on to to get all that stuff and talk about all of it. And uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for all those things. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate review. And subscribe. You can listen to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can listen to us. You can watch it on YouTube. So please rate, review, subscribe, spread the word. I appreciate you doing that. So until next time, this is German Arizona Podcast. Adios.